Blog Talk Radio. Hello there, welcome to Healing from Harmony Hall. I've got a real treat lined up for you today because I'm get to speak to JP Ryan, who's been providing the music for all my shows so far. He's actually in the other room tinkling away. I'm going to sneak in quietly and uh, see if I can catch some of it on recording. <laughs> Before I do, I should let listeners know that I've just happened upon my own book on Amazon on special offer. It had nothing to do with me, but it's a bit of a bargain at the moment. $5.65 or something like that. That's How to Live as One by yours truly, Francis Nicklum. There's also a link to Amazon uh, on my website, which is www.healingbyfrank.com. So that's another way around it. And it's on this site as well that you'll find more about how I actually do this distance healing, my method, and of course my pretty much daily blog, full of the insights and brilliant ideas that come to me. I can't contain it all in just like a few hours at the weekend. I have to get it out there during the week as well. I also miraculously found out recently that most of the people who read my blog are based in Russia, of all places. So I've also, as a thank you to them, put the beginning of my book in Russian uh, on my blog. So that's uh, my friend, I know I have to try and pronounce her name now. I'll try again. It's Tatiana Petrovskaya, who's my absolutely brilliant uh, salsa lady styling yoga instructor who's based in Waterford, has kindly, paragraph by paragraph, translating my book and I'm putting it up on the blog. So that's how it works. A very multi-talented lady indeed. So I need to pretty much pipe down now and go and see what JP is up to. Thank you. 
Ah, oh, that's so lovely. How old is that piano, Frank? Well, I think it's about a hundred years old. Jeez, it creaks and it clatters yeah. and it bangs real, that organic. And you can still see the lines on it from, um, from the whiskey glasses. At the end, it was in a bar in, in Suffolk where it was a great jazz piano. Everyone loved it. What a pretty penny, I'd say. Uh, well, there were faces anywhere. There were definitely faces where you could see the little like round um, people had obviously played Desperado <laughs> late right. into the night. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah, it's a little bit out. Lovely now, fully tuned. Yeah. So, this is saving up my next mission. Because I have a lot of pleasure Concert hall, they're having their wedding in Castalia Concert Hall, where I actually originally played the song. Each other's side. 
first of all, I want to welcome you. Uh, Thank you. I've got uh, J.P. Ryan here today. Delighted that he was able to come out to Harmony Hall to tell us about, tell, well, tell me about your life. would be absolutely great. What I've been trying to do with the show is create a vision. Only talk to people who can see the wood for the trees, who, who have seen that the world is in a bit of turmoil at the moment, but aren't thwarted by that, you know, and have, have maintained a positive attitude and, and finding a way forward, even with the awareness of what's happening. And so uh, it hasn't been that necessarily that easy to find a lot of well-rounded individuals, the balance <laughs> between Are you sure you have the right person? But no, I mean, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't necessarily sure I had the right person <laughs> to start with. But initially, I just loved the album, you know, and, mm. uh, and I happened to know that you were in the gym as well, so I knew that you... I'd, you weren't like the musos, as I'd have known them in the past, who had yeah. been pretty wan and mm. uh, you know a little bit skeletal and uh, absolutely you know and uh, not seen daylight. Stereotypical. Yeah. <laughs> so I knew that you. Were keeping well, I can't get into. Them. You know, I can't get into skinny jeans. Okay, <laughs> that's the first thing. <laughs> that's just not going to work. Anyway, so. And do you like Kate Bush? I heard Kate Bush does six months uh, in the studio eating just pure Chinese's and pizzas. And then six months as a personal trainer, getting you know absolutely up to. Uh, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't exactly be like that now. No. no, I would say, no. To be honest with you, Frank, I suppose exercise is just as important to me as music. So you know, there is that kind of exactly as you're saying. There is that kind of conflict or that uh, against the stereotypical, you know, how a musician should look maybe. Or, but I mean, exercise for me, I suppose years ago it was to. Um, to entertain the narcissistic side. As I get older, it's actually to prevent myself from getting older faster. So, you know, <laughs> like there's, there's a different method to it now. You know? <laughs> and the only way I can sustain that now is to actually set challenges. So if I have competitions like powerlifting competitions, yeah. um, it keeps, it, it man- I manage to sustain in that manner. Yeah. And um, I feel if I don't set those goals, there's a chance it might wane a bit. Absolutely. You know, yeah, absolutely. Um, because you don't have that same fire when you're, as you would when you're 20. Well, at least I don't think you do anyway in terms of physically. No. I'll, I'm, for me, if I set myself a challenge, it keeps me, it keeps that sustained. Yeah, know? that makes absolute sense. And, and like literally last weekend, you were right at the pinnacle of one of those. Where you, is it the first competition or have you done many competitions? Yeah, I just, I just turned 40, so I had... Uh, Woo! Yeah, brilliant. Great. Life begins at 40. <laughs> so they say anyway. But um, yeah, so I had the World Full Power Championships in Scotland, in Glasgow. So the Full Power Championship, does that, is that lifting different weights? Or yeah, it's, it's three different disciplines. Yes. It's a bench press, squat and deadlift. You get three lifts in each one. The single lifts you can do, bench press, squat or deadlift, any one. So you get some people who may not be good at all three mm-hmm. who will go into single lifts and try and get qualifying score from the nationals at national level and go on to the Europeans or whatever. Um, and then you get the full power is always more difficult because you have to be reasonably good or very good at three different disciplines. Absolutely. Um, so that's the distinction between both, but either or they're both difficult and they to do them well and to actually be successful in them requires lots of training. Serious training. And what, yeah. which did you go for, the single or the... I got both. I right. would have won the single and I would have won the... You did? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was good, like, you know. And, and our federation is natural. It's, it's 
completely drug free and were tested continuously. Brilliant. So it, it encourages you to make the best of your body naturally. Yeah. And it encourages you. It encourages you to concentrate on the foods you eat um, and to make the best of anabolic nutrition and proper nutrition. It doesn't mean that my nutrition is intact at all times. Of course, I yeah. you know stray from that. Part of righteousness. <laughs> yeah, of course. But but in general, by and large. When you, know, you say anabolic um, nutrition, for me, I've always uh, anabolic and steroids have always gone together in my mind. So what is an, what anabolic mean? What does that mean? Well, being very technical about it. Anabolic is when your body is in what's called a positive nitrogen balance. Oh, great. So from a scientific perspective. And it just means your muscle is building. Yeah. Okay. So an example, an older person who's ill may be in the opposite to that. They may be in a catabolic. Yes. Which is where that word derives from. It's been used in different contexts now. So, you know, and that would mean, scientifically speaking, your body is in a negative nitrogen balance. Okay. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So, so when you... Uh, when you engage in exercise, and particularly strenuous exercise like weight training, you break down muscle. Yes. There's micro tears in muscle and it needs to rebuild and sometimes builds that little bit more in order to prepare for the next shock. It's your body reacting to stress in the same manner as if you burn your finger in a blister. It's your body reacting to stress. Yes. So when you see somebody going around with muscle, it's really a reaction to the stress that they're applying to their body. Oh, I'm so glad and I'm not muscly now. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but the good thing about it from a psychological perspective yeah. is after exercise, and anybody, anybody who, who uh, engages in exercise will be able to relate to this, there's a great sense of well-being. You know, so it, it changes your brain chemistry. You yes. know, so there's the good and chemicals. And that's the nitrate... Um... No, the positive nitrogen balance in your body is really just... It's, it's more of a, um, a physiological. Yes. But... The psychological um, benefits are endless. Endless as well, yeah. Endless. You know, because it releases your good chemicals. And I saw that you've actually got a, a company that is uh, related. Is it Fenley Fitness? Yeah, that's our gym. Uh, James Fenley and I own, own Fenley Fitness. So it's, what it is is it's a strength and conditioning club. And, yes. But we encourage every walk of life to partake in exercise. We do some community work as well. We work with Osri Youth. We work in conjunction okay. with Kilkenny Leader. So we're all the time trying to encourage young people to engage in exercise. And as you know, obesity is a huge problem now amongst kids. Definitely. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to get, you know, we're, we're, we're looking at the moment at getting younger kids involved as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know... Excited by the possibilities of being part of that club and... Absolutely. And we want to kind of... And no one's going to say no, because you're obviously extremely strong. No one can say no to yeah, you. Yeah, we, really, we, well. we have a really good team there. And we have, yeah. uh, we have Adrian O'Dwyer, a former Olympic athlete as well there. And we have Dennis O'Brien, who's a really good uh, coach and personal trainer. And there's Michelle Heffernan. She works with women. Brilliant. Morris Walsh has a, a sports injury clinic there. And he works with women as well. Very organisation. Yeah, so we've yeah. a really, really good team. We have uh, young David Jones, who's uh, an up-and-coming athlete, and he's a personal trainer as well. So there's there's a mixture of people right across the board. And Fenley um, himself isn't wasn't he the strongest man? Yeah, James, James was was Ireland's strongest man for a few years running. He he's been on national and international TV, and he's competed in uh, European Europe's strongest man he's competed in world's strongest man in LA so there's good high profile athletes there. yeah 
you know and that's uh, but ultimately we, we're trying to debunk this notion as well that the club is a place for only elite athletes there is every make and shape in our club yeah. they're right from uh, just the person who's never set foot on a, on a treadmill yeah. um, right up to the elite athlete so you, you have a mixture but the idea for us was to create a space where everybody could come together and learn from everybody else there's good camaraderie in there and why do you um, think you had there's a good pool a, of knowledge yes know? absolutely why do, where, at what stage did you develop your values? Because uh, I'd, I'd seen you in the gym because we were in the same gym. But and although you might think you haven't seen me there recently, <laughs> I have a pool pass now, so it's a swimming for uh, me only. I haven't seen you in our gym. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> that sounds. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> so, but the first time we really spoke was at a charity event, and it was uh, at the beginning of of the fundraising for the Society for the Protection Against Cruelty to Animals. And That's right, with Anton, yeah. Yeah, and you were headlining at a, a great great lineup of, of musicians and to, to try and raise money and the quiz and everything else. How did people know to come to you, that you were interested in what was going on outside the gym or outside your small world? Because some, some, people, have, you know, some people care about the bigger picture and some people don't. So when did you start to take an interest in what was happening for animals and other people? It's difficult to say. I've, I've always been like privy to what's going on around me in general, you know, whether it be politics or whether it be just uh, welfare in general. Or, you know, I can't say I'm a, I'm a devotee of any of it, like, you know, no. I, I, I don't claim to be. Um, I don't know, I suppose it's difficult to say where... I was always conscious of, from a personal perspective, of just general well-being. Yeah. Um, I was always involved in sport. I was always involved in creative things. I, I went to study art initially. That was my, my initial um, oh, yes. venture and academic ventures and art ther- went on to art therapy then. So I suppose it's just from working with people in general. Um, yeah. When I was a practicing art therapist, I worked with lots of people from lots of different streams of society. So you get a sense of what that people are about. That definitely develops your compassion as well because you're, you're seeing, you, can, you also bring out what's interesting for them and in them as well when you work Absolutely, on that level yeah. with people. Yeah, and you get a taste of, of what people are about and you make the... Com- you, I suppose you you learn that you see things in yourself that aren't... you're not overly enamoured about. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because you can just... There's that reflection there as well. Oh, you know, seeing there's your that brother and everyone you meet. There's that transference and all of that and all of those dynamics, you know. Yeah. So, you know, you get a sense of that. And then... I think as you get older, you, sometimes you can lose a sense of yourself as well, and you have to try and regain that. You know, it's very easy to get lost in the hustle and bustle, and you know, there's stages in my life where I'm really busy, and sometimes I question. You know, sometimes you can be a busy fool. Yes. You know, and I, rather you know, than a reflective. Yeah, and uh, yeah, like it, yeah, this is it. And sometimes to reflect, you have to be away from that. So when you get caught up in all that hustle and bustle, you kind of you lose that capacity to reflect. Another any I don't sports? think you lose it, you just it's smothered over. Yes. By the hustle and bustle, you know. Yes, it is a smothering, life. isn't it? It's but in are there any of the exercises or sports that you do that allows that re- reflection? Because if you think about films like Forrest Gump, you know, they, they end up running for like 15 days mm. or 2 years or however long it goes for mm. and it becomes a meditation. Is there yeah. an element of meditation in your I don't know if it's meditation, Frank, to be honest with you, but it's, it's certainly a means to ease anxiety and stress, yeah. as is music. Yes. And, you know, my thinking on this is that they, all of these things serve 
that type of a purpose. Yeah. They ease anxiety and stress. It's a way in. In a way to any one of the energy fields, I suppose. One to physical, you talked about psychological, mm. your emotional well being. Yeah. I mean, a lot of your songs have a very upbeat perception of, of love in them, which mm. is which is lovely to hear. I mean, I've often got stuck when I've thought about writing a song because they all seem to be, you know, it's often songwriting seems to come from an absolute tragedy. Mm. You know, it's like, baby, think twice. Think yeah. of our love and the memories. Yeah, everything's yeah, yeah. desperate. And, I do uh, have songs like that. Well, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about your first song? When did you, what, how old were you when you, Wrote your first oh, song. I can't recall. I was relatively late picking up instruments. I was probably 18 or 19. Yeah. I was always into music, as any young fella would be, and, yeah. uh, you know, and pop music and stuff. But uh, first song, maybe around 18, 19, some sort of a torturous song <laughs> that I probably would recoil in horror at now if I heard, you know, and so probably like along the lines now. of what you're talking yeah. about there, you know. She um, never loved me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so it would have been something like that, but I can't recall exactly. But I think songwriting is like any art. It, because it, you try and refine it as you get older and through experience and, and through practice as well. Yeah. But to engage in practice, you have to really have an affinity for the particular art you're involved in, or you just won't, you won't engage, you won't have that type of engagement. No, that that definitely makes sense. And and was it you, or was it people encouraging you to play your first gig, or to record, or to sing for them? No, I think it was just me. I think it's just, I I think there's a dysfunctionality in every artist. There's a desire to be heard, you know. Yes. And people may disagree with that, but that's my line of belief. I think any artist, some form. Look, we can go back to the fundamentals and say there's a dysfunctionality in everybody, yeah. which there probably is. Nobody is perfect, but I think in particular artists have that yearning to be noticed for some particular reason that may go right back to childhood. May or may not. I don't know, but even from yeah, work, recognition. Yeah, need for recognition. Right, yeah, and like we could question why is there a continuous need for recognition? I've often questioned that. Why do I? Why do I have to have that fix of being recognised, uh, or maybe, and I don't mean recognised as in wanting to have in some sort of yearning to be famous or something no. like that. Because I, I never really had anything like that. My only desire was to play music and to to engage in the sports that I engage in and to be healthy and, you know, happy. But primarily in terms of music or art, my only desire was maybe to um, have recognition for professionalism. You know, more okay. so than ah. all the nonsense around it that you see on, you know, like in pop music and stuff like that. So I an think element every, of respect as well. Yeah, I think every artist, you know, yes. wants that. Okay, some want more, maybe some want to be multimillionaires on it and stuff like that. And that's a bonus yeah. if something like that ever happens, you know. Um, I wouldn't be turning my nose up to it, but, but at the same time I don't go, oh, I need to, you know, I need to have these songs here. Ultimately, I'd like autonomy in, in the art I do. Yes. As in to be able to just do that and not have to do anything else to sustain that. I think that would be, that would be the that's idea. That's the real goal. I mean, I remember... But with there's a that. lot of sacrifices to, to get to that point, I think. Well, there, there yeah. might be, or, but as you haven't necessarily made any sacrifices yet, if you're going to reach it, there might not be any sacrifices to mm. reach it. It might yeah. just come together, because I remember we used to listen to the band Talk Talk, I don't know if you remember them, no. um, uh, Life's What You Make It. You might remember that song. And uh, Anyway, there was... 
They were great. They're quite ambient. Uh, and we really loved their last album, which was Spirit of Eden. And there was hardly any vocals on it. It was obviously they were just suiting themselves mm. down to the ground. And we thought, God, that's, that's where to get to. Your fifth album, yeah. you have nothing to prove. Everything's yeah. paid for. Yeah, yeah. And you're just enjoying yourself. Yeah. And it was the same, same as Radiohead, although they suited themselves right from the mm. start. So I think that should be the goal. Yeah, just to... Yeah, I mean, I just want to play music. Yeah. You know, and that's really the... The primary desire. I just want to play it, and if I can't play it, well then, you know, that's a disaster. <laughs> you know, disaster. that's the real disaster. And you've gone to exactly the right place because uh, you went. Uh, you were saying that you went to Nashville to mm. record this last album. Yeah, isn't that where like Dolly Parton and people hail from? That's where everyone is from. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Except me. <laughs> yeah, it was a fantastic experience, and you know, that's where all the the great musicians are really or the majority of them come from. So it's like, um, how will I compare it to the Rhythm and Roots Festival in Kilkenny? Well, it's, it's like that every day on a larger scale in Nashville. <laughs> you just pass any club or pub in Nashville City and there's music just booming out from the doors and, you know, windows. And there's all the publishing houses and record companies and everything else. And they're all just there as well. Yeah, so I mean, it's... But I went because I, I had particular tracks that I felt would merit maybe a bluegrassy or a country sound yeah. and I had a desire there was particular songs that I had and I, I always said I would love to actually have that type of a sound on them because I listened to Daryl Scott Tim O'Brien and some of the well-known bluegrass artists and there's numerous numerous amounts of them but in particular I'd be a big fan of Daryl Scott Tim O'Brien and, and some songs I had uh, I felt were conducive to that type of a sound and I have some other songs that I do on piano that are more that are more pop and you know, so they might not be conducive. Any song is conducive to any sound with, with a, a good producer because they can change it to whatever you want anyway, you know. But, you know, I just had this thing that I had certain songs that I would have loved to have had recorded in and been given that sound in a place. I love it. Where the origin of that yeah. sound comes from, you know, be it country music, bluegrass, gospel. So there's an element in that new album. And you piece together your musicians from that were already there already with that sound, did you? Uh, they would be musicians who would be used to playing all of those types of sounds. But they're, they're just top session musicians anyway, so they can play anything. But in particular, they're steeped in all of those sounds. They come from that bluegrass, country, gospel background. So there's, there's hints of all that in that new album. I think a session musician, that, I always think that's an extraordinary angle as well, to be able to apply your instrument to mm. imaginatively and with a, a theme, you know, into other people's work. I mean, I think that's yeah. another lifelong skill. That's yeah, and that's what makes it interesting because it's a, it's a collaboration of different creative responses and creative abilities. Yes. It's not like just solely conducted by you. No. Because it can become quite one-dimensional. So it's almost yeah. like a, a group painting, if you like. Do, do you find you can... Uh, relax and let your your track expand beyond itself with, with other people put good into it. Of course, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, and you can interject if you want to make suggestions and it's an open forum and a good producer will allow that and respect everybody's interjections, you know, creative interjections. So that's the beauty of it. That's the kind of a studio I wanted to find. I didn't want a studio in Nashville City, a commercial studio where you're bundled in and you're bundled out because there's probably a bigger act coming in behind you or something like that, yeah. and you're paying large amounts of money. I wanted a setting that was similar to 
this setting. Yes. You know, that was more attuned to the surroundings and, and the country area and was more quieter and there was more time for reflection and, and the producer, Tom Yutz, was the perfect candidate for that. Yeah. Oh, isn't that brilliant? I remember the stereo MCs went in and sometimes they'd go in to fairly serious studios right in the centre of London and, and have no agenda. You know, mm. and not even get a demo together in yeah. <laughs> weeks. Of, yeah. You couldn't really do that once you're in another country, though. Yeah, well, you could, but it would cost a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be coming home with empty pockets, yeah, like, I'd imagine. coming to me, oh, no, I can't think what it is. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, th- I think I leave, the, I leave the reflective and creative parts, and when a song is in its infancy, I leave all of that to you know, your own private space. Well, I do yeah. anyway, you know. Um, it would be nice to have the luxury to go into a studio and to be able to experiment openly. But to go into a, a quality studio with quality session players and to be able to do that would merit um, a lot of money because it takes a lot of time. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I... Um, I think even the commercial ones now make sure they have a lot of work done anyway before some of the bigger acts make sure they have a lot of work done before they, they go into the studio. I'm sure they do. I remember being in a studio once with a... 24-piece orchestra yeah. and that was epic undertaking. Yeah. I mean, I, I dread to think how much that cost. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's a sumptuous sound and actually you could probably make a lot of those sounds on, on the computer now, couldn't you? You can, you can do um, we, for the f- first album Dancing with Anima, we would have used some natural strings. But we did, I know that Ollie the producer used some layers, synthetic layers to add to some of the strings. And when you do it that way, it doesn't give the effect that it's too synthetic. Yes. You know. Now, there was yes, some keyboard there's... strings used as well. It depends on what you're looking for, but there was some natural string use as well. Well, I would think about that, because I, I... Well, first, I think I'd like first to play uh, the single from the new album, and that mm. was recorded in Nashville as well. Yeah, that was recorded. That's, that's called We Can Be Found, and it's, uh, it's one of the singles from the new album. The new album will be out on the 28th of February. Brilliant. 2014 next year, which isn't too far away. We Can Be Found is it really, the song speaks for itself. It's about two people in a relationship trying to find some semblance of hope because the relationship has dissipated and they've drifted apart. Yes. So the analogy of the sea is used and being almost lost at sea. I don't know if it's a positive song, you know. It's, well, it's, it's got we and can. And being yeah, proud. There's, 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 there's positivity in yes. it in, in the face of adversity. Um, or there's some semblance of hope in it. Yes. Uh, and, and would you say it has the, the, the sounds of Nashville that you were talking about earlier? Yeah, it, it, has, a, it has a dobro and it has um, the dobro being a particular sound.
as bad as it may seem We're hoping and we're praying We can return to where we've been What's the use ignoring The storm out on this sea Winds of change are blowing Dividing you and me I think it's time to turn road around so we can be found. It's a cross between a, no it's a cross between a guitar and a, a, a mandola. A mandola. <laughs> and I had it made by Paul Doyle. He's an Irish, well-known Irish instrument maker. So we used that in one of the tracks as well. So it has some of them have a nice organic sound. Some of them have an electric sound. Yes. There's a, there's a variation in this new album. I had uh, just reminded me that I had some singing lessons once from a man who made his own guitars, and. He made his own piano, although I might be imagining it. But his name was Sidney Cragg, and he was already at least, I don't know, 80, 100 foot tall, and made his own waistcoats as well. And his claim to fame was that he had trained Scylla Black. I don't know if she okay. was the greatest singer of all time, but I just thought that was a great, you know, and to that, find him that just... That sounds interesting. Yeah, some local place in near Oxfordshire. He'd obviously retired there. So. Yeah, there's lots of guitar, there's lots of instrument makers and there's some good ones in Ireland as well. There is some <laughs> top instrument makers in, in the country. I saw you know, And they're, they're well recognised Irish guitar. Loudon is a very well recognised Irish guitar. Uh, L-A-U, there's, is it? There's um. a, the spelling is L-O-W-D-E-N. Emerald guitars, they, they're made from a composite Carbon carbon fibre. No, they're a new technology. You can literally play them underwater if you want. They're indestructible. Really high spec guitars. Uh, some of the top Irish artists. You need them. Paul Brady plays loud. I think Brian Kennedy plays loud. There's a good few of well recognised artists to play them. But they're Kieran Goff as well. They're a fantastic guitar. I play Stanford guitars. They're uh, a Czech and German make. 
Um, they're called Stonebridge in the US. So if anybody is And why do you love them? Because the 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 sound is yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. The woods are phenomenal. It's it's like this. People go for big names. They go for Taylor, they go for Martin, which is mm. in Nashville like lots of people play Martin, you know. Fantastic guitars. But for the same spec, Stanford is the same spec. Yes. But lesser price. Huh. Now, lesser price means you can still buy them for a couple of thousand euros. Yes. Most of my guitars are high-end custom guitars. They still cost a couple of thousand euros, but possibly the same caliber of guitar in a bigger name might cost twice that. You know, so people just tend to... Sometimes people are like sheep. They tend to go for... It's like Coca-Cola. It's like if it's a big brand, if there's Nike, if there's... People tend to go for that. People and would you have gone around and just listened and decided what sound you like? Because I think that's something that says some, something about your one's own centeredness. If you could actually say, mm. this is the sound I like. Uh, yeah. This works for me rather than, oh, I wonder what's the best one I can get. Exactly. I would have by default. That would have happened by default. In other words, I would have tried different guitars or met different people. We might have been playing some music and picked up different guitars. And I had a Martin and it was a lovely guitar. And... But eventually I came across a, a friend of mine who's a full-time musician. His friend, whom I also know reasonably well, was the distributor for Stanford. So I got to, had the opportunity to try Stanford. I, and huge reviews on them. But people just don't, don't see them in the limelight. I just happened to play this guitar, so I bought a second one and then I bought a third one. And they're, di- <laughs> they're different. And how do you manifest things? I mean, when you, your new wife is Czech, isn't she? Yeah. And, Coincidentally, uh, yeah. I like Czech guitars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my guitars come from Czech, and my wife comes from Czech. Yeah. Mm. It's definitely a romantic link. But there. she'll probably tell you my guitars are more important. No, no. <laughs> I'm sure she wouldn't. Do I would it. never say that. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. But you have things, great things come to you. So I mean, I see all everybody as a great magnet. Everybody is a magnet. So mm. you can sometimes think, oh, well, so-and-so attracts good things to themselves. Another person doesn't, but they're attracting something. So mm. you've obviously cultivated an attitude and a perspective that attracts good things to you. You're able to, if you want a guitar, you can you can get it. It's not mm. like, well, I just have to like it or lump it with the one I had when I was 18 mm. and struggle on, yeah. and maybe one day I'll get a record deal of vast proportions and, and I'll get the borrow one. You know, it's mm. like, oh, this is what I want, and this is what, and, and, yeah. you, and you get them. And, and, it's, and it's across the board. You have your goals with the, the sport. Emotionally, you have the, the goal with finding love, which is a goal for everybody across the, uh, across the world, and you just got married. And so... Uh, you make it sound like a fairy tale. It is Frank. a fairy tale. <laughs> I just, I'm excited about it. I know you are. <laughs> I, um, I think you, you attract positive things by repelling negative things, really, you know? Oh. Um, and I think if you wait around for things to happen, they may not happen. You just yes. have to find ways and means. grew up with very little, so I, I think I have value on things as well. I you have go people. for it. And you value... Yeah, I think you have to go for it. Nobody else is going to do it for you. No. You know, that's just the reality of it. I think when you find something you really like doing, it reflects the true self. You know, I'm involved in business, so I may not be going around with a positive attitude all the time, singing and dancing, you know. There may be times I have to be 
reasonably strict and stern to get things done. Yes. There's another aspect of you that you have to allow to be externalised um, without being brutish or disrespectful to people. Is that in order to be, is that in, say, in sales where you have to be authentic and determined or what, how would you say business works? It's not just about sales, it's about trying to run a business yes. and if there's other people involved. And when you have a collective amount of people involved in a business, there's a responsibility and an onus on you, if it's your investment, to have a business running properly. Yep. That may not work by going around with butterflies flying around your head all the time and singing and dancing and writing songs about love. You know, it's a completely different context. You can be positive, and, but sometimes in business when you're working with people collectively, mm. and I'm no expert on business, my opinion is when you're working with people collectively, you have to, to make sure the responsibility to run the business is upon you. So you have to make sure that the people who are enlisted to do that with you are also pulling their weight. Yes. You know, yeah. and you can't be foolish. You can't be walked on. You can't be... So there's all of those elements that you have to contend Develop with. Develop as well. Yeah. yeah. You can be uh, firm with running a business but respectful. Yeah. And you can be professional about it. Not everybody might like that. Well, it's, it's funny whatever. talking about uh, business because one of the things with, uh, with healing is that you're not... A lot of people are, are, are in, involved in community, involved in healing work and, and charitable work, and one of the unconscious beliefs is that you can't be professional or, or go-getting or do well for yourself if you are involved in altruistic mission. Mm. You know, what you're saying is the opposite. You you have to do all those things. You have to embody all those things mm. so that people will get on board and, and benefit from mm. that project. But I mean, that's only an opinion. I mean, others listening may beg to differ on that, you know. Mm. But, but there is... Um, I've been on both, both sides where I've worked for people yeah. and I've been given that perspective. And I may have had certain views on people and not understood the responsibility that was bestowed upon them to sustain a business. But when I'm on the other side, actually owning a business and having people who are working, sustaining that business with me, now I have a perspective of the other side as well. Mm. And it can be an onerous task. Yes. And there's a big divide between that and creative life. And I believe creative life is a reflection of the true self. You know, there's yes. persona in business. And I don't mean persona as in you have to present a false self in business. But there's other aspects that you have to engage with. And there's other... There's another part of your personality that you probably have to activate to really do it right or to make sure that it runs right. I had the same thought that this morning because I was at a, a meeting last night trying to stop the pylons. You know, there's four mm. routes that run through this sort of area. I came away and everyone was talking about how renewable sources aren't that efficient and then someone said they're just as efficient and... And one of the things that has come to me through all the studies I've done on the intergalactic stuff from NASA and stuff from a New Age spiritual understandings is that we were given technology for a machine, a zero-point energy machine, which basically means that it self-generates. Obviously, people who want to still monopolize the world's energy and, mm. and make us pay for it have, have limited the development of such a machine, even though we were given this technology to, to play with and hopefully kind of save, save the earth from you mm. know, fracking and all those sort of big dramas and mining and, and drilling. 
And I was thinking, and, and, and over time, every few years, I, I say to somebody, I meet an electrical engineer or yeah, somebody who's able mm. for this sort of thing, and they say, I said, would you look into this? You know, mm. what a project. Why wouldn't you look into this? And, and they, they've kind of half looked into it and said, oh, no, it's impossible. If it, physics says it's impossible. For, if, to make energy, you have to use another, yeah, another energy for mm. source. And I always get that it's totally not impossible that it's totally possible and that technology is already there. And I hit on the idea yesterday and today that I'm going to go and do that engineering training myself and develop it wow. myself. Wow. Be- because you can, you can be, you can ask around, and I've had a fantastic support from, from people, what I want to manifest, and everyone mm. has different skills. But I thought there's some things you just have to take responsibility for what your job is. Mm. on the planet at a given moment and just make it happen. Sometimes someone else can't pick up the reins because they don't have that set of, that perspective, a skill set and, and the will. Sometimes like people have lots going on and it can be a difficulty in that respect. Yeah, so sometimes you're looking, looking outwards and sometimes you're just coping. And I, I know that you know, even with, with getting married... You know, there's uh, there's a lot to organise about that. Yeah, you know, there's not necessarily it's not that easy. She done it all. <laughs> just like that. Brilliant. So, yes. so strong ideas and knew how, what would make it a wonderful day and just yeah, executed she's, it. She's extremely organised. Brilliant. You know? um, extremely organised. So it made my life so much easier. Yeah, isn't that lovely? You know. And enjoyed it. Yeah, she loves organising things anyway. You yes. know. Um, so she's just one of these people. Everything's diligently done and, and was able like, to let that go on the day everything yeah, was done and dusted yeah, yeah, and just yeah. be there yeah because we it. had a relatively small wedding anyway we had it we had it in Prague and there was only 50 people and we had the afters on a boat on the Flataba River so it was nice ah, it was beautiful yeah, and the weather magic. was fantastic yeah the photo is absolutely beautiful it's yeah magic yeah, it scene a, it was a really nice day but just to go back to what you're saying I mean I again it's really down exactly your view on this you know, you're going to take this on board yourself. That's, that's my philosophy as well. If you want something done and you want it done right, the likelihood is you may have to do it yourself or else you enlist a very good team of people who can do it with you. Yes. You know, so it's, it's one or the other, but that's their heart to come by. With and, and they're probably easier to find if, you, if you're along that road already. Yeah, and you get like-minded people mm. with the same passion. Yes. That's what makes the best music as well. Yeah, you know, like normally the best bands are like-minded people with the same passion. It's when you know personality conflicts come into play, it obliterates that passion. Doesn't it? Yeah. So I mean, yes, so I've been in the studio with, with some difficult bands and some very coherent or cohesive bands, and it's a very different experience. But when you said about everyone having a, being on a on different road and different stages of their road. I'm thinking I'd love to play the single that you have released for Christmas because that's about, that's called Home. So tell me more about that, um, that single, how it came about and it's, it's, there's various people benefiting from it as, as well. And yeah, it's, it's effectively about the, the loss of home. Home has numerous connotations. Um, I think we all look for it in some shape or form. I think um, when we leave home, you know, there's a saying... Um, we dwell in the home and the home dwells in us you know more importantly i think the home dwells in us the origin of home for me i think is childhood really yes 
Christmas for me brings back that it, it resonates childhood. I don't know if it's going to be. I don't have children yet, but I don't know if it's going to be different when I have children because maybe those type of emotions are that. Um, I suppose I won't say yearning for childhood, but that sense of loss that childhood is gone. Yeah. But also, childhood is bestowed with magic when it's gone. Yes. You don't realize it when you're in it. No, that's true. You know, so there is a sense of magic. Yes. And I think it, it comes from loss, that sense of loss, because there's a, there's a yearning, maybe. I feel I've lost something with the disappearance of childhood. Also, around the time I'd written that song, my family home was literally under, under the hammer, uh, so to speak. So my parents had died... Uh, Relatively, in a relatively short space of time to each other. Yes. So, you know, we were dealing with, we were a very close family, and we still are. There's six of us in it, so we were all huddled into a cottage. We had very little, but we wanted for very little. We were just happy. I think there were more traditional values when families were closer together and there was less technology between families and less tapping of phones and less swiping of iPads and... There was more, you gather around the table for dinner and you watch your TV, maybe it's black and white TV and that's rented out and you watch RT1 and RT2 and that's it. <laughs> yes. You know, so those values and you watch Top of the Pops once a week and we were all perched like little birds on a stool all watching it <laughs> after being dipped in a bath <laughs> like sheep, you know. And So we had all those just really basic, that really basic traditional way of living. In retrospect, when I look back, I see the value in it. At the time, I, I yearned for more. I felt, why didn't we have as much as the neighbours? But that becomes completely irrelevant. And the magic of childhood is really um, resonates for different reasons yeah. in retrospect when you look back. So, you know, when, when your home goes, and like we watched, the, when I was doing my MA in art therapy, I'd done a study on home as a symbol. Oh, because I was trying to ascertain symbolically what home means. And it means so much and so many different things to so many different people. But there is a common, you know, line running through um, the meaning of home for people. You well, know, I suppose so the thing is also, I mean, there's family and there's the place and, and your context. But also the, the thing that's kind of lost is the sense of belonging, which is a, a very deep one for people. That, Absolutely. That, that's yeah. a kind of an isolation or an alienation where there's, there's nowhere in particular where you belong. You have to kind of create that for yourself out of whatever you can come up with, yeah. you know. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And there, there's um, that sense of belonging, I think, remains with everybody. It's intangible, but you, you try and make it tangible by what you create around that if you have the capacity. I believe everyone has the capacity to, to create, but if, if in terms, from my own perspective, at Christmas time, I had that huge sense of loss. I, and I think grieving is a, is a gradual process. It yes. doesn't just begin in one particular point and end in one particular point. I think it fluctuates mm -hmm. all the way through life in different shapes and forms. The song for me was an attempt, almost like a cathartic effect. It was mm -hmm. an attempt to release that sorrowful emotion. Two things I'm going to do. I'm going to play it now. And then, so I want to, you to say where it can be got, so people can listen to it and, and get it if they, if they want to. And, and also, while it's playing, I'm going to do, I do distance healings while, while the programme is going out. And, and one, I think, should be that alienation, that we clear for a sense of belonging 
for people so that they can you know, make, make better decisions, look after themselves, feel like they you know, become more present because they feel like they are where they should be, mm. um, wherever that is at the size moment. And also what you're talking about was that repeated feeling of loss that I think is, is actually one of the main blocks people have to really loving because deep in the unconscious, I found for many people that loss and love are very tied in together as experiences. And people almost can't feel love without associating it with this sort of that bittersweet possibility of loss or actual loss. And you find that people love the people who have died way more than the people who are right in front of them because they've got the double whammy of the love and the loss and they've only got the love with the person who's in front of them. So... So one of the clearings that I do for people, and I'll do as well now, is, is to unravel that, those two little schisms so that one can be experienced. You can love Christmas <laughs> and not have the, the grief, or you can have the grief, but it, it doesn't colour the love. That might be good for people as well. 30% of the winnings of that single are, are going to where? Yeah, the 30% of the sales go to the Home Cares Association. Brilliant. The single comes in a Christmas card. Lovely. It has, it's an originally designed Christmas card. Um, I would have designed it last year and just refined it for this year, for this season. It has the lyrics inside the card. It also has a corner pocket and a bookmark. Beautiful. And the bookmark has a poem about Christmas, an original poem about Christmas. So you get the bookmark, you get the single, and you get the lyrics, and you get the original Christmas card. And they're Wonderful. packed in cello bags and... There's a, an envelope with the cards, obviously. So they're available uh, on my website. Which is? It's jpryanmusic.com, www. And they'll also be available in certain areas around Kilkenny. But for anyone outside of Kilkenny or outside of Ireland that wishes to purchase, they can go to the website. They will be available in the next few days. They may not be up right now, but they're, they're going up in the next few days. Great. And you'll be able to have a look at them a look at some of the photographs to actually see what the contents include. Yes, lovely. So, lovely. Okay. December brings us rain and sleet It often brings us snow To cover up these busy streets Where we would often go And every year around this time There was magic in the air Music played, the lights would shine In a world without a care This was home This was home This was home Nothing stays the same 
Now my childhood days are gone And everything has changed And every year around this time I'll be doing what I could To hold on to those dreams of mine In a small town neighborhood This was home This was home This was home It's in the thoughts of a lover Or in the world of a song It's how those days are recovered Even though they are gone And just last night I had a dream I was on that road again To my surprise What I had seen was just as it was then Fairy lights around the window frame Open fire by my bed Into my room my mother came This is what she said Welcome home Welcome home That'd be absolutely lovely. Uh, the other one that I also uh, definitely going to play. I, my favourite of the uh, Dancing with Anima is the Colours Everywhere. It's so positive. It's it's so uh, the. I mean, I I was told that you know the way you step out of bed in the morning should be with gratitude. You know, as each foot touches the ground, sort of thing. And sometimes it, it you can't always muster that enthusiasm. You know, you might wake up with a thought or having had a dream or whatever it was and that, that is such a high energy song so when did you write that it was probably i can't recall exactly but it was probably a long time before that it it went onto the cd yes before it was refined a bit you know with other musicians but i think i would have from what i recall i think i would have ironically i would have written that at a time when i wasn't positive because sometimes the way music works for me is if I am feeling weighed down with negative energy, I try to create to, to counterbalance that. Yes. So the reality is, 
as positive and all as that sound sounds, it would have been written from one part of myself to another to remind me that I should embrace the morning, you yeah. know, with, with a completely new conviction and, and to realize that there's colors everywhere. You know, so it's one part. It's a letter from one part of yourself to another, just, just <laughs> like as, as, as Charles Rycroft said about dreams. Dreams are a letter from one part of yourself to the other. So I think music is the same thing. One part of myself encouraging the other to like get up and just cop yourself on, right? You know, <laughs> you know so that that was really that was really the origin of it. I think you know. And, and I love that idea of uh, intentional writing. So you are leading yourself from one train of thought to another, or from one perspective to another. I mean, mm. I, I I believe that we can pivot our, our perception and our um, our feelings, our emotions from very low to uh, to very high or, or back again <laughs> which isn't necessarily what you might want to go for but mm. it can be done I and mean, lots of people feel that the odds are stacked against them or things are against them or there's something that needs to be worked out before you feel good mm. whereas I, I'm a, a strong believer in making yourself feel good and you're yeah. in a much better position to sort the details out of, yeah. of the reality Embrace the morning With a new conviction Just look around you There's colors everywhere Into the sunrise Out of the Greet the morning With a new connection Just look around you There's colors everywhere Beyond the valley
to, I don't know, would you be up for playing something for the fun of it on guitar? Do you want to have a little go and see if it, if it sounds to your liking? Or, yeah, I could or play. Piano? You, you have a, a lovely piano over there. It's, it's organic and yeah. it creaks and it moans. <laughs> I could try something on that, yeah? Yeah, that would be absolutely great. Go on. Let's, um, let's go over that way. Can you do an instrument? Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm excited by any combination. I'll just sit here. How lovely was that? That's fantastic. Thank you very much. My my guitars are very good, I don't think, because although they're really enjoyable, one's a Tanglewood, which you probably played at one time or another, and one, I think I, I only know it's called Shirley. I don't think I know. It was okay. a 12 string, and, they, and my friend took six strings off it. And in the, in the middle of a interesting shamanic journey here a lady you know, shifted suddenly in her on the, on the sofa and knocked the neck off it That's lovely serious <laughs> but anyway it's come back pretty yeah, it's still yeah. absolutely brilliant as far as i'm concerned but good if they're enjoyable they're good yeah that's the main thing the tanglewood is beautiful but doesn't have a pickup so oh. it has some reason it's not as you don't need a pickup you have plenty of acoustics here in harmony hall Okay. Well, at least you can just see whether you like it or not. Oh, it's a novation. Yes. Do you know Mickey Bergen? Do you remember that he was in Gout and the Kilkenny band? Oh, Gout. I do, Mickey. Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen him for a long time. No, they've moved up to uh, Wicklow and Greystones this area. But uh, both these are his guitars. So I'm yeah, happy. Um, <laughs> you have a plaque, no? Uh, no. I think so. Might have one here. 
Yeah, so everything I have, my little amp and my guitars and uh, my television. Oh! Apple? Uh, no, <laughs> let's not get carried away now. Oh, 
Oh, that's absolutely lovely. Thank you very York, much. New York, New York. Is that it's called? Um, it's Sleepless City, but it's about New York. First time in New York, because when I was younger, I used to see New York on a black and white TV, watching, you know, the American programs. I and then when I arrived in New York, there was lights everywhere. I recall when I was a child watching it at home, you know. I, because, you know, back then, it was a window to the world, the Absolutely. TV. It was the only way we had of travelling, you know. Or maybe your dad would travel the world through the newspaper. <laughs> yeah, totally. you know, So when you get to these places, you know, all of this comes back. And have you been to Florida before? No, I haven't. So I'm well, looking forward to going. I'll be end of this month. And, yeah. and you're on honeymoon, but will you be playing any, uh, any music? No, no music. <laughs> just um, Serenading, maybe. Just having it? fun. Yeah. We're going to, we, we have a cruise booked for the second week. Brilliant. So I'm just looking forward to sunshine because we don't get enough of it here. There's too much grey and people wear too many dark colours. Uh-oh. <laughs> no, you're okay. You have a bright one there. So you might have noticed my favourite colour is blue. Just what keeps the blue skies going, even when... I don't know, maybe it's a comp- compensatory thing. I don't, yeah. I, I don't feel I'm surrounded by a lot of colour, so... And I'm drawn to colour. Yes. And when I buy clothes, I, I'm drawn to colour, particularly blue. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. I'll look it up in my book. Uh, it's, I'm sure it's got loads of great implications. Huge, numerous connotations, yeah. you know, but... but um, All positive. Apart yeah. from feeling blue. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. quite the yeah. same. Yeah. But I think we should stop there because otherwise you've probably got millions of other things that you should be doing. I really appreciate you coming in. Pleasure and, to uh, be here. Thanks for having me. And sharing uh, your insights and music. That's been absolutely brilliant. Is there anything else that you would want people to know or to look into? Uh, I've got your, your Facebook music page up as well uh, on, on my thing. So, brilliant. Uh, Thank you. No, if they just go to uh, jpryanmusic.com or they can just go to JP Ryan Music on Facebook and if they want to like the page or connect up. There's a blog also about the song that's available home and there'll be, there'll be more on it this year as well. And as I said, it will, be, it will be out very soon. It's available at the moment on iTunes um, got, for download. That's home and you've got the single... We Can Be Found as a single from the new album and that's yeah. also available for download. And the new album will be out on the 28th of February. Brilliant. And can people pre-buy it? Yes, they can pre-buy it. Brilliant. So if people want a nice Christmas gift, yes. they can, as I said, purchase from the website the, the originally designed card with the single. Yes, that's lovely. Inside. And, you know, and I've been really enjoying uh, the music, all my shows. I mean, you know, it's on the radio station. It's called the Creating Calm Network. And I just... Your music is just like instant happiness. I feel know? very calm now. <laughs> so your show works. Fantastic. <laughs> Thanks a million. Now. All the divides that I've made And there were times I got too close to the fire And was blinded by the light of the flame So many times I went and opened my mouth Before thinking what I wanted to say But don't you
you think it's good to get it all out Because it makes you feel much better this way And when my day is done And all I want to do is unwind You're the only one That can make me leave my worries behind And when I talk to you And tell you how I'm feeling inside You make me feel so new When I feel I've lost my mind and I'm coming to the end of the line Feeling like I want to give up Feeling like I'm needing more time And all that I have had is enough Know that you are just a word away Hey Hey. 